Welcome to issue 149 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as the so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. How are you, sir? I'm feeling pretty good, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm great. And Steve, tonight is a night of celebration. It is? It Why? is. Because the date of this recording falls on our beloved Mike's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Where's Mike? Yeah, I guess he felt that it was, you know, joining his family was more important on this most wonderful of days. Aren't we his villainous family? Jeez. I know. I know. Okay. All right. I guess I'll let this one pass. I I keep expecting him to like jump out of like the closet (laughs) for one of the kitchen cabinets or something though. But I, I think he's really out with his family. You don't think he's in that giant cake right over there? No, but I think we're going to have to eat it. Okay. A- maybe after the show. Yeah, I found it in the dumpster out back. Oh. Huh. I was oh, really sure excited for to try it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a little smudgy, but. Yeah. It's got a little grit in it, a little sand yeah, in it. Yeah, and maybe. it says congratulations, but that's, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we know where Mike is, but. I think the folks also want to know, Daniel, what mm. is on your mind tonight? Rob K. Rob K is on my mind tonight. Oh, we know you him. Know, we know him. I feel like he's often on our minds. Yeah. Because he has such great questions, such great comments, and he's he's coming out with another one. Okay. All right. And this, and this relates to one that he wrote to us a while back. Do you remember Rob asking about, like, I'm not an X-Men fan. What should I do about this game? Yep, I totally do. Okay. Well, here he's got a little response about it. Steve, oh, okay. he says, he says, hi, guys. Wow. Having just had my first play through the Mutant Genesis box, I feel it has made this great game even better. I'm so happy I didn't stop playing after Sinister Motives. Loved your spoiler episode for the Mojo Scenario Pack. So much fun. Thanks for the great work you do, guys. Regards, Rob. Oh, thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Glad you're playing. Um, Rob, I haven't played the Mutant Genesis box yet. My friends uh, Steve and Mike, who uh, will remain nameless, won't play with me. Wait, what? Yes, we will. Well, when? I, after we play some Sinister Motives, I guess, together. Well, we haven't <laughs> finished that one either, have we? No, we haven't. Okay, so, well, uh, I have finished that one with other friends. Yes, so. I have as well. I, I've, played, <laughs> I've played everything today, just not everything right. with you and Mike. Yeah. And we, we played um, the first one together at the con, and that was great. Yeah, that's fun. I hope hopefully uh, Rob's comment isn't too old because he did say he did mention our spoiler episode for Mojo, which was some time ago. But you know, we get well, the news. Hey, it's gonna make other folks, you know, remind themselves how great that was and head on back and listen. Yeah, hopefully. But um, Steve, aside from this lovely note from Rob, what else is happening tonight? 
So tonight we are going to start our Sandman part one. We've already looked at the modular sets. We've looked at a couple nemesis sets leading up to them. So now it's time to take a look at the, the first villain in the Sinister Motives box, Sandman. Wow. So what we have is Sandman, and we need to talk about some lore for Sandman. Mm. I know nothing about this guy. Okay, well. Other than he was really large in a movie. He did get pretty big in the movie. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit, and then we have something special for some backstory oh. on this guy. So his name is William Baker, Bill Baker. Mm -hmm. He first appears in The Amazing Spider-Man number four. Oh, so he's old. Yeah, June 1963. So real wow. old. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's almost 60 years old now. Yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close. Created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, like many of our uh, longtime villains. Okay. Okay. Normally, we sort of talk about this villain and uh, and whatnot, but I came across a bottle buried in the sand with all these papers in it, and it turns out that it's a journal from Bill Baker himself, all about his wow. early days. Yeah. So what I thought we'd do is. We could read some of these journal entries, you and I. Wow, Steve. First yeah. off, what are the chances you'd find that bottle in the sand? It's a billion to one. Billion I, to I one. Billion to one, yeah. It's a, oh, whatever. Yeah, I, I did it. I found it. It's you legitimate. It. Yeah. Totally. I'm, I'm not questioning you. I just okay, think good. it's the kind of math that always works out for villains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always. So, well, yeah, let's read these. These, wow, these these are kind of like crumpled. We got to be careful with the pages. Yeah, they they've got a little damage to them, but we'll we can make it through here. Um, yeah. So I'll read one. You read one. We'll just go back sure. and forth. Okay. Sure. Okay. Journal entry number one. Certain days in your life, certain moments, it's like you have snapshots in your head. That day down at Coney Island Beach, that was one of those days. Probably because my mom hardly ever took me to the beach. Hardly ever took me anywhere, really. She busted her butt cleaning other people's houses for peanuts. Did everything she could to hold it together after Dad bolted. Sometimes I like to imagine he was on the beach with us that day, but he wasn't. My childhood sucked. Well, let's not make it even worse than it was. She didn't die that day. She was just, you know, dead to the world. She tended to drink a lot in those days, a lot. She wouldn't wake up, so I curled up next to her. When we woke up, a storm was coming. I wanted her to see the sandcastle I built, but by the time she ran to it, the storm had destroyed it. It was beautiful, too. It was art. All she could say was, everything goes away sooner or later. She left to get our stuff as the rain came down. She told me not to go nowhere. Now that I think about it, that's pretty much the story of my life. Not going nowhere fast. Other kids... They would have shrugged that day off, not me. I thought about what she said and about this castle that I could still see so clear in my mind. And I thought, screw that. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to make something that lasts. Something that people will look at or see or remember forever. Until that goes kablooey and nothing matters no more. Something that won't be washed away by the sands of time. Steve, that was beautiful. This guy is amazing. Yeah. Wow. That was absolutely riveting. Hmm. Oh, let me find the next one. Here it is. 
journal entry to life is a wheel. No matter how much it turns and turns and you keep thinking you're making some headway, sooner or later, it comes right around again. In my case, it always brings me back around to him, to Spider-Man, that miserable wall crawler, spending his life hiding behind a mask. I may be a crook, but at least I'm an honest crook. Sure, sure, I've had different names, William Baker, Flink Marco, others, but bottom line, my face is out there. When guys are throwing down with me, they know who they're dealing with. The Sandman. Well, that's interesting. It seems to be a very different tone there. Yeah, these are clearly reflections, I think, from when he's a little, a little older. But there's there's more yeah. here. Okay. There, there's this Shuffle one. through there, okay. All right, so entry three. Uh, I'm not going to whine about my childhood. I'm not going to talk about how I was bullied for my artistic skill in school. I ain't pining after Mrs. Flint, because she taught me some good lessons. Women like men with money and power and men with power are always bullies. You know the worst part when you're stuck out in the rain? It's that after you get soaked, you hardly feel it anymore because you're as wet as you're going to get. Same thing goes with getting a pounding, at least for a while. Wow. I think he was bullied as a kid. I think so. Here's Journal 4, The Beach. It always comes back to the beach. I pretty much came and went to the beach whenever I felt like it. Ma was too busy either working or drinking to notice. I went from watching the way water swirled in the sand to how it worked with people in it. And what I saw was that the people who just stood there and took it got knocked on their butts, while the ones who went with the flow weren't hurt at all. I built more sand castles and watched the rising tide run over them and saw how the sand changed shape, moving with the water. I watched it for a real long time. Then I spent the next month, every spare moment, Practicing moving like sand and water. I think that continues right into entry five here. The next time Vic and his buddies tried something, all I kept thinking was, you can't touch me, you can't hurt me. Every time you think you have your hands on me, I slip through your fingers like water, like sand. I learned several major things about power that day. I learned that guys respect and fear it, that girls are attracted to it that those who have power over you, whether they're principals or cops, don't give a damn about what's right or wrong, just or unjust. They just want to show you who's boss. Hmm. Journal 6. I'd spent my whole life being good, and kids beat me up for it. When I stood up for myself, the people with real power slapped me down. And I realized why. I'd become a threat, and I also realized I liked the feeling a lot. Things changed after that. Vic and his boys realized it was better to go with the flow, and together we ruled those kids in that school. Hmm. Yeah, so this is where this uh, journal's been damaged. It's a pretty good gap here. Um, there's just a few lines about changing his name to Flint Marco, um, playing football, like getting his aggression out on the field, something about throwing a, the big game. Get, then getting into real trouble with this Vic and ending up in jail. Uh, most of it's like a, a lot about his anger and his frustration and using it, aggression as an outlet. Looks like looks like he met his father in the slammer. Wow. But his dad didn't even know who he was at the time. Okay, okay. Uh, that's got to do something to you, right? 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. He's in and out of the system. There's not a whole lot of entries here, but eventually we get to the last few pages here. Here, Daniel, take this one. Go ahead and read the next one. Okay. Uh, uh, here it is. You probably heard about what happened next, about how they kept after me, and I fled all the way down to Georgia, and I went to ground, literally. Then, a nearby nuclear reactor detonated. Radioactive waste spilled into the sand. And a billion to one change later, there I was. The Sandman. Well, here's, the, here's the last entry in this set that we have. Try to make your mark in this world. To do something that will last. That will tell everybody who comes after you, I was here. To make a statement for the ages. It took me a while to find my statement to figure out what I could do that would make the world stop and take notice. I would create a lasting piece of real-life art, something that the world would remember, no matter how long it took me to finish it. I would call it the death of Spider-Man. It would be my masterpiece. It would be glorious. And best of all, it would last forever. Wow. This is fascinating. There's like, there's some gaps in here too. Like, you know, I don't quite like, what's his beef with Spider-Man? Yeah. Well, uh, oh, and jokes on him. There's forty-four thousand spider people apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's an awful lot of them in the spider verse. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's some like real pain here, some real torture, some real philosophy, and deep un- insight and understanding. I, huh? Yeah, it's. Uh, I-, I wasn't ready for this. This is great. So- somewhat relatable at points. So. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what I have on Bill Baker, the Sandman. I wonder if I wonder if he's got other journals buried somewhere else. We got a little hint there about how he became the Sandman. Yep. Nuclear reactor. Okay. Radioactive waste. I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah, I think it in, seems in to. this world. It seems to in this <laughs> Marvel universe. Yeah. Yep. Um well that was lovely. Beautiful. Well, should we look at some cards, I guess, next? Yeah, I mean, this is what we do with these uh these part one and part twos with our villains, right? Yeah. Part one's all about them and what they're trying to do. So let's take a look at those. Yeah, we can find Sandman in the Sinister Motives box. It is the first scenario. 18 total cards. Tonight, we'll take a look at five of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shall I read Sandman? I'll read Sandman 1. Oh, yeah. You're the one who found the journal. All right. Sandman number one is a unique villain with one scheme to attack with a little star. He's criminal traded. Okay. And he has... 16 hit points per player, and the ability called Sand Blast. So here's our little star. Forced Interrupt. When Sandman attacks you, that attack deals indirect damage. If your identity takes any amount of damage from this attack, resolve the Surging Sands ability on City Streets. Okay. Okay. We'll get to that later, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why don't you read number two? All right. His second version is Scheme 1, Attack 3. He's also criminal, of course. When revealed, resolve the Surging Sands ability on city streets. And he comes with the ability Sandblast, which is the exact same as his level 1. So the change here is that uh, you'll immediately just do Surging Streets. Yeah. And then you'll do it again. Or Surging Sands, really. And then you'll do it again whenever he hits you with his indirect damage. And his attack goes up by one, and his hit points go up to an 18 per player. Yeah. yeah. And what's his expert mode here, Steve? All right, so this one is a little different. It is. One scheme, three attack, criminal traded. 
when revealed, place one sand counter on city streets, resolve its surging sands ability, and then he has the sand wave ability, not mm. sand blast. Forced interrupt. When Sandman attacks you, that attack gains overkill. If your identity takes any amount of damage from that attack, resolve the surging sands ability on city streets. He has 19 hit points per player. So he's no longer doing indirect damage. He's now doing overkill damage right. on that level three. So that's something to take note of. Right. So he's got a couple of things about him that I that, that stand out to me. One is only one extra hit point from levels two to three. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And is he our only villain ever that maybe I guess Rhino probably that is stuck at one scheme the whole time? Oh, that seems uncommon. That his numbers don't really go up, right? He goes one, two to one, three to one, three. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, and I get he's the first, you know, villain in the box, but yeah, I don't know how many other ones just sit there. That is uh, interesting. Now, there's a lot to say about him and how you deal with him as a hero and stuff, but I think we need to understand what City Streets is before we can really talk smartly about it. Do you agree? I agree. You should you should go ahead. All right. And, uh... So City Streets is an environment, and it will start in play. So it's a location. It has surging sand. So you hear about this in all of his uh, villain cards. It says something mm-hmm. about if he, if it hurts you, if, you, if your identity takes any damage, do the surging sands. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it's a special. Place one sand counter here. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck equal to the number of sand counters here. Uh-huh. Mm. So the more you're hit, the faster he accelerates through his deck. Right. You're like getting buried in sand or getting whatever. Buried, yeah. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Now. As a hero action, you can exhaust a character you control to remove sand counters from here equal to that character's attack. Limit once per round per player. So now you get a better understanding, folks, of what he's doing in his attacking and what that means to fill up the city streets with sand. Right. So every time he damages you from an attack, it doesn't really matter how much damage as long as it's one point or more. Uh, And you, not your buddies, you. Right, your identity. Uh-huh. Um, so if he was to attack you in alter ego form even, somehow, right? If there was a card that let him do that. Right. Um, you're going to put a sand counter on city streets, then discard cards from the top of the encounter deck. So it could be, you might be discarding one, you could be discarding six, ten, right. whatever it is. And it's interesting, it's kind of up to you. Yeah. Right? Like, you're the one letting it build up. Right. So that's a cool part about playing him is like, well... How bad is bad there? And it's not that hard to take some of it off with some high-hitting allies. Yeah, because you're you're using their ATK stat, but it's not an attack, so they don't take consequential damage. They don't take damage, right? Right. And so, you know, like there's plenty of plenty of our buddies that hang out with us with three attack. Yeah. So you can wait. You can wait a good long while and just be like, you know what, Wolverine, take care of that, or. Hulk, Hulk would be a great ally to deal with the Sandman city. Yeah, streets. Hulk with an enraged on him. Now he's yeah. he has a five ATK and he can just clear five tokens every right. round and not it's take not any printed. damage. Yeah, right. Yeah. So a part of me wonders if like maybe that's a little too generous. Although I think we'll see next week that there's stuff in his encounter deck that loads up the streets as well. You do have to remember too that you can only do it once per player per round, right? So sure. don't just start. Oh, I'll, I'll exhaust these four guys to do it. Just one person right. can dig you out. It's like sort of bailing water in the streets. Yeah, yeah. Man. 
Yeah. You know, but think of it like if you and I were playing Steve and we both got hit by him, that's only two counters, right? And then one of our good allies just clears it. Yeah. Now we will find yeah. that it starts the game with four on it. We haven't got there yet, but it will start with four. Okay. So there's a little bit of sand already out there. Which is good. They really needed that. That had yeah. to be that had to be part of it. Just to slow down the hero start, I think. Yeah. Now you said something about attacking in um when you're alter ego. I have a question about indirect damage, Steve. Mm-hmm. If Sandman somehow attacks, well, can an alter ego take indirect damage? Yes. Uh, we can. have other, yeah, we have other cards throughout the game that just say deal two indirect damage to a player or something like that. So okay. you have that, that character has a health dial, you can put damage on him. Um, okay. I don't think that he, there's really, in his kit, he's not going to be attacking you in alter ego, but okay. um, we should talk about a little bit too. So if he attacks you for, let's just look at Sandman level one. He attacks okay. you for two and a boost. And that boost card is a two. Okay, let's say. Okay. So he's hitting you for four. Now, you cannot defend with an ally because an ally, I mean, you can, but it doesn't do you any good because the damage is indirect. So that ally is not like blocking anything. So you could defend with your hero and apply their defense that. And maybe you had a three defense and he attacked for four. So. Four minus three is one indirect damage that you have to put somewhere among characters you control. Mm-hmm. You could put it on an ally, or you could put it on yourself. So you do get to block some of that damage with a defense stat if you have a defense stat. Right, but you're not throwing Squirrel Girl in front of these. Right. And then even if you get up to three, where it's no longer indirect, you could throw Squirrel Girl in front of it, but it's overkill. And right. she, she's going to die, and you're going to take the rest, triggering you know, Surging Sands. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's a good rule about indirect, remembering that. I think what hinders Sandman are stuns, because he doesn't get to attack, which means he doesn't get to surge, surging sands anyone. So he's a a little susceptible to stun. Uh, Or if you flipped Alter Ego and he just schemes for one, scheming doesn't trigger his sand blast abilities, so surging sands doesn't go off. Right, you know, I never... um... I'll play with standard deck two a lot, but I never use that environment thing. Where he gets like steady. Where they get steady. But he might, you're right. I mean, I think it it may be stunning him is a little too powerful if you don't make him steady. Yeah. But I do like how he kind of changes your philosophy on using your allies. Right. You know, like, is my indirect going to hit them? Am I going to, I can't chomp? And so it's really cool. Yeah. And you can't assign more indirect damage to a character than they have hit points remaining. Right, so if you take right. five indirect and you have, you know, whoever it is, Cyclops with one health lift, he can only take one indirect. The other four has to go somewhere else, yeah. which means it's going on your identity. Um, now, if you have a tough, you can pile all that indirect damage on yourself and, you know, the tough will suck it up. So, Because it's applied all at once, right? Correct. You sort of put all the chips down on characters and then say, go. Yeah, I think simultaneously yeah. amongst all your characters as well. Okay. So. All right. So that's fun. I think, I mean, it is a, a neat scenario that way. We'll probably talk more about the whole thing next week, but I do like I do like how he is. Yeah. You know what we haven't done is we haven't even talked about what he's trying to do. I know. And to whom he's trying to do it. Yes. Let's read his let's read his card. I'll read the first side. You read the second side. How sure. about that? Okay. Okay. Uh, it's just a bunch of hapless pedestrians. Nothing I hate more than pedestrians who are just hapless. Come on. Yeah. Couldn't they contribute a little bit? Yeah. 
I like right. pedestrians who are hap. Um, <laughs> All right, 1A, hapless pedestrians. Sandman 1 and 2, Sandman 2 and 3 for expert. Uh, we're going to play with the Sandman modular City in Chaos and standard encounter sets, and one modular encounter set, and it's recommended to play with Down to Earth. Setup, search the encounter deck for this city streets environment and put it into play. Place four sand counters on it. Okay, so that's how that starts out in play. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, you flip that card over, and you've got hapless pedestrians, 1B. This is the main scheme, of course. Nine threat threshold per player. Sandman floods the city streets with rushing sands, putting innocent bystanders in great danger. Forced response. After an acceleration token is placed on this scheme, deal three indirect damage to the first player. If the stage is completed, the players lose the game. And it starts with two per player and goes up one per. That's a tough agenda. Yeah. I mean, it tops out at nine, so it's it's similar with that rhino. Yeah. Where it's a low, but as you noted, he only has a one scheme and all his forms, just like Rhino. Yep. So. And uh, it gives something for the, you know, the yellow player to do right off the bat. Yep. Um, but you now know why he wants to be pitching his deck, right? Right. And every time the acceleration token, three, ping, 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 just like that. Yeah. So he, he attacks you, does damage to you, mills cards off the top of his deck. When the deck runs out, because you're, you're pulling cards off faster. You're going to add an acceleration token to the scheme, which is going to deal three damage, three indirect damage to the first player, and add that acceleration token, making it that much quicker that he buries these hapless pedestrians. So My it's goodness. a neat chain of events. Huh. Yeah. Well, so far, I'm liking this guy. He does some different kind of stuff. It's neat. Yeah, he does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer up a cheat to the oh. heroes. Okay. Cheat, wait, a cheat for the heroes or against them? It's for the heroes. But they're always uh, cheating. They're always cheating. So here's a cheat I've seen them doing. Okay. Oh no. Okay. All right. Um, so this only works in multiplayer game. Let's say it's just you and I playing. Because okay. Mike's at his birthday party. Uh, <laughs> and Sandman attacks me. Okay. And you defend for me. Okay. You you become the target of the attack, right? Okay, yes. And you take the indirect damage, right? Okay. His initial ability is an interrupt when he attacks you. It's forced interrupt, so it happens when he attacks me. But you have defended and now become the target of the attack and take all the indirect damage you want. Doesn't trigger Searching Sands because I didn't take any damage as the initial target of the attack. So you is could that just really how it goes. It is. There is an official ruling from Alex. Ooh. The question is, if I'm playing a two-player game against Sandman and I'm attacked, but my partner defends the attack, does Sandman still deal indirect damage and should Surging Sands be re resolved if their identity takes damage? So then the reply is, the you and your identity in Sandman 1's ability refers to the original player he was activating against. Should your partner defend for you, then your identity would not take damage and you would not resolve Surging Sands. So in a multiplayer game, you can just like merry-go-round the defense and he never gets to trigger. I'll defend for you. You defend for me. Boom, boom, boom. So I quibble with that ruling. Yeah, um, I get it. It's very, it's very legalese letter. Like, but yes, I agree. That it is the, that ain't the fun way to play? No, and it's not really the spirit of it. Now, somehow, maybe you're already exhausted, but you really aren't because you just started the villain phase. Um, yeah, that's the cheat. 
which I don't like. Uh, I'd rather you just stun them. That feels more legitimate, more heroic at least. So yeah, uh, that's that's the criminal thing to do. <laughs> that is that is that's really bad. Uh, so if you're playing in my game, <laughs> whoever he us, is, guys, yeah, whoever he attacks. Uh, whoever defends for it, if they take indirect damage, it's going to trigger. So when we, so when you take your sharpie to your critical encounters house rules card, because we keep adding, and I, you know, yep. The next one is you. <laughs> the word you lasts forever, and it changes depending on you can be a different you. Yep. So when he attacks you, Steve, he then indirects damage you, Mike, for defending. So. Yeah, I think you should always be constantly rechecked what that means. Yeah. That's it, jerky. I don't like it. Yeah, it could be it could be sort of solved if it was like a forced response where it's like after he attacks you, if you took indirect damage, because now it's you're the new target for that attack and it's an after effect. It's not a before. That that's right. Yeah. Oh well. Uh mm. you know what? I should just cut that all out so the heroes have no idea that they can do that. Yeah. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But, well, no. Now you leave it in because then when they do do it, they know how to feel. They that they should feel bad about it. And it's shame. Very shameful if they do yeah. it that way. Yeah. Well, that's part one. That's Sandman. I didn't mean to bring I, us down I at like the him. end there. Yeah. No, I like him. He's fun. It's it's got a good feel to it too. Like taking those cards off the top of the deck just sort of feels like sand ticking through that hourglass because you know it's going to get that acceleration icon. You know you're going to take damage. Yeah, it's fun. Well, all right. Well. Mike's gone, so I guess I have to tell people where our secret lair is. Oh, okay. Well, folks, where's the best place you've had sand in? <laughs> oh, Steve. You can email us your answer at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com or Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Wandering Took, and Big Foam Loaf. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Sandman, take us out. The Sandman is more powerful than any of you creeps. Oh.